microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. To another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3. Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I'm in the middle of a rancor pit over here. <laughs> Between the dog, my niece's cats, and yeah. <laughs> it, it's just gone it's just gone crazy. You got a zoo. Yeah. Well, or if we go back to the original tagline for Animal Kingdom 20 years ago, not the zoo. <laughs> so, um, how are you guys doing? Good. It's finally uh, cooled off a little bit up here. School's yeah, actually, we're heating right back up, though, right after this. School's ha- yeah, school, schools went back in session. No heat days. Yep. Oh, we had, there was a bunch of schools around here in the last, right before the cold front went through yesterday, there was a couple schools that ended up calling off. They're wimp. wimps. <laughs> we talked about this on Wookiee Radio. Right. We we never had anything like heat days. I don't even heard of anything like that till this. We 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 talked about this briefly on Weeby Geeks because we also said, well, if you take a look at Florida, anything below sixty, people are breaking out wonder jackets. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because the funny thing is, um, where I live here, the school system. When I went to school, there was no snow policy. No matter how much school snow fell. You went to school. That's the way it worked because we're in the city and there, there was no city, but there was no school buses because enough. There was enough schools around. Yeah. Um, it didn't matter how much snow fell. You're going to school. But if the wind chill was below like negative 20, then you didn't have then there was no school. But it's now. It's oh, like really? The, yeah. If you drop like, well, you guys get a little colder than we do usually. Uh, <laughs> where we where I lived um, in where I lived in upstate New York, we had one hill. It was called Langdon Hill. It was where the Langdon farm was. Which the name the the family Langdon is the um, maiden name of Mark Twain's wife from the who he married into married someone from that family. Um, there's a whole backstory. We'll get into that in another day, maybe over on Weeby Geeks next time you're on over there, Ken. Um, okay. But with Langdon Hill, if the bu- if the bus made it up the hill during winter. Then we had school. Yeah. If the bus didn't make it up the hill, school was closed. <laughs> so it was, it was like, oh, who who do we know lives on Langdon Hill? Did the bus make it? Woohoo! No school. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had all that. Um, but no, high school. I walked to school. Yeah. And it was it was flat both ways. <laughs> 
no, flat. Like, what is that? The I live in. There's um, there's hills everywhere. So yeah, me too. Oh, El- Elmira is hilly. It's just the street I was on. It was a flat street. I was only six blocks from the school. Yeah. So walked there, walked home. Um, before we tangent anymore, this is a Star Wars podcast. We do have some business oh, to do. Yeah. Um, go to the website, wookieradio.net. It is slowly going through a makeover. I think the makeover is looking good so far, if I don't mind saying so. Um, check out our affiliates on the right-hand side of the page. Also, too, check out our social media this weekend. Um, because as of September 1st, our store has launched baseball jerseys, hockey jerseys, t-shirts, sweatshirts, or t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, Hats all available, and right now we're doing a twenty percent a twenty percent off sale on the site for for our launch. Cool. So um, I know myself. I have a Wookie Radio baseball jersey coming. Uh, I went with the pinstripe jersey, so that's coming. Can't wait to share show that off to you guys. And I will do a video on YouTube for everyone. Um, but yeah, we got some great stuff coming. So check it out. Get your stuff. Where, where do you find that at? Link as soon as I get the final link. Ah, Wait, okay. I will at time of recording. I don't have the final link to the store. I should have that. Um, it'll be on social media at, after all this is posted. Sales going to go through to Wednesday, uh, the fifth. That way, everyone has a good chance, good fair chance to get something. On at sale price. The next sale is going to happen Black Friday through Cyber Monday. I'm going to tell you that right now. So if you miss the sale now, still get some, you know, pick up something. But we're going to do the sale again, twenty percent off Black Friday through Cyber Monday. So, um, so yeah. Of course, you can always hit us up on social media at Wookie Radio or our second for everything or our second Instagram, which is at Wookie underscore radio. And all those links are coming soon for sure on the website for ease of access. But how about this, guys? Got some news coming from Disney in regards to a Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Of course, we know a Galaxy's Edge is taking place on Batu at the outpost known as Black Spire Outpost. Now it has been revealed there will be a cantina. So that's going to be the main. So the restaurant is going to be a cantina. It's Oga's Cantina. That's O-G-A. Oga's Cantina. Um, and, Not Okra? No. There would be a, there'd be an R in there if it was Okra. Um, that's a Dark Crystal reference if you guys missed it. Oh, yeah. So um, if we go, this is what came from um, Disney Parks blog. No self-respecting remote outpost on the edge of the galaxy would call itself a smuggler's planet. Hey, that's right up our alley, guys. This is our planet. Sorry, we stepped on each other. Maybe we get a new home base out of it. This is true. Hey, it's, hey, hey, it's something I could check on on a regular basis. So um, n- no self-respecting remote outpost on the edge of the galaxy would call itself a smuggler's planet without a cantina. And Black Spire Outpost is no exception. Today, 
I am pleased. Uh, this was written by Scott Trowbridge, who is a portfolio creative executive with Walt Disney Imagineering. Um, I am pleased to share more details for Oga's Cantina, which will serve, which will be serving pilots, bounty hunters, smugglers, locals, and galactic travelers alike when it opens in 2019. Visitors come to this notorious local watering hole to unwind, conduct shady business, and even encounter a friend or a foe run by an intriguing alien proprietor, Oga Oga Guerrera. Argara, the cantina adheres to a strict code of conduct and tries to keep its unruly patrons in check. But with a history of being a smuggler's safe haven and a popular stopping point for those seeking to avoid the authorities, you can bet that the that the cantina has a story or two to tell. So I'm hoping if you're eating there, stormtroopers. <laughs> Every once in a while. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 it, it, this just screams character interaction. Yeah. 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 So, and of course, all of this is going to be um, the new trilogy stuff. So it's going to be all first order. All right. Yeah. Which we know right now, there are no bounty hunters that we're aware of, or we haven't seen. Well, I'm sure there's bounty hunters. We haven't seen any bounty hunters. That seems odd. Mm. We had bounty hunters in the original trilogy. We did have bounty hunters in the prequels. We really we had, haven't. Seen- we haven't had any in the in the sequel trilogy. Well, maybe that's what the um, maybe the first order hires them to find the resistance in episode nine. Yeah, maybe. That's a thought. Could we potentially have a return of Boba Fett? I don't know. Mm. Or they would have an old Boba <laughs> Fett, but. Have they ever made it official that he actually got out of the Sarlacc? There's been plenty of stories, but I don't know if any of those are part of the new canon. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't think they are. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, to continue on. Um, go ahead. Go to Wiki, um, Wikipedia. Uh, go ahead. Keep going. Oga's Cantina is, kind of, is the kind of establishment that attracts some of the most interesting and disreputable characters in the galaxy. You never know when a stormtrooper or a familiar face will show up. Patrons of the cantina come across come from across the galaxy to sample the famous concoctions created with exotic ingredients using otherworldly methods, served in unique vessels with choices for kids and librations for adults. The cantina will make for a great stop. Now, musical entertainment uh, musical entertainment is provided courtesy of RX twenty four. Y'all know who that is. Mm-hmm. Well, for those of you who don't, if you ever rode the original Star Tours, it was the pilot droid that ended up uh, having some glitches. Um, so RX-24 is the former Star Speeder 3000 pilot we first meet in Star Tours, who has re-envisioned himself as the cantina's DJ. So Rex is still around. So, yeah, RX-24 is Rex. Um as quirky and talkative as ever, he's still trying to do his best on the job. So th- to me, that sounds like Rex is being turned into, instead of a piano player or keyboard player um, like Sony Eclipse over at Cosmic Rays at Magic Kingdom, he's going to be a DJ here at uh, at Ogus Cantina. Uh, get ready to listen to some unique music. Taste the best drinks in the galaxy and surround yourself with a colorful cast of characters. You never know what will happen at the cantina. Ogus Cantina opens its doors at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge 
in 2019 at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resort. That sounds like a lot of fun. This is going to be cool. Mm-hmm. And, and, and seeing them say smugglers, or talk about smugglers, the the Wookiee Radio hockey jerseys and baseball jerseys, you got two name options, either smuggler or scoundrel. <laughs> cool. And then the numbers... Uh, I- and then the number yeah, 16, because that's the year the show started. Nice. Uh, I did look it up. According to Wikipedia, Boba Fett's life ended, as, or as of right now, the story ends at the Great Pit of Carcoon with the Sarlacc. Okay. So according to canon, he's still there. So. Well, well, cool. Well, I, 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 would, I guess the other question would be, would DJ be considered a bounty counter to some extent, or just a mercenary? No, slicer. Nah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's a bounty hunter. Obviously, he swept the ship. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, so yeah, this is exciting news coming from from the uh, Walt Disney Parks and Resorts and Imaginary. That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. So, as we carry on. Well. uh, So, if you want to go to Ogre's Cantina. The best way to get there would probably be to take a little ride on the Millennium Falcon ride. <laughs> and, and uh, of course, as some, as has been announced, uh, when Galaxy's Edge opens, there is going to be a as-yet-to-be-titled Millennium Falcon ride that will be a completely interactive motion simulator attraction in which the ship's flight is impacted by the writer's decisions. Uh, however, a new report suggests that Disney has hit a few snags during the testing phase that might have them <clears throat> doing a little bit of a retrofit. Ooh. And on, on a recent episode of the Disney Dish podcast, uh, theme park expert Jim Hall who is an extremely reliable source of Disney Park info, laid out what guests can expect from the ride. To which he said, There are six seats inside of the pilot compartment. In order to ensure that the thing has decent capacity, there are seven pods in operation at any one time. So that's 42 people who are piloting the Millennium Falcon at any one time. That's a lot of people. Uh, I'm hearing a three and a half minute ride cycle. Again, you're seated inside the cockpit of the Falcon, but you're looking out from that window array that we've all seen from the film. In order to pull off that effect, again, the capsule moves in conjunction with the imagery. You're looking out basically into a circular space, sort of a half, sort of a half dome. Uh, so that is his description of the ride. And then, uh, were you going to say something, Mike? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm curious to know how they're going to get into, because everything I've heard is you enter the Falcon like you, I think, like you traditionally do. Mm-hmm. And supposedly the inside is supposed to look like the normal Falcon. Right. So if there's seven pods, how are they going to? How, how do you justify, well, this is not the right corridor to go down to the cockpit. Mm. So How many... Well, we would recognize the difference. How many people have actually seen a map of the interior of the Falcon? I mean, just normal people that are going to the amusement park. True. Yeah, but, I mean, it would be quite obvious, though. Yeah. I mean, if you're heading towards, you know, you're walking in, you're heading towards the back of the ship. 
Uh, that's not where the fo- that's not where the cockpit is. Yeah. I'm assuming this is going to be you're going to walk in, maybe walk through the whole ship, and then um, walk into somewhere else because they can't. There's no way they could put seven pods of 42 people inside the size of the actual what the Falcon would be. Yeah, my, my, all the equipment and everything else around it. My thought is, if this is going to be uh, attached to a building, and these are going to be on gimbals, chances are you're going. Mm-hmm. I, I would I wouldn't be surprised. If you go through, you you see the actual cock, well, maybe seeing the actual cockpit's the last thing, but there's going to be a spinoff somewhere, um, like maybe going out the other side into the ride building to get into the into the cockpit. Yeah, maybe. I don't. Know, I I'm I'm curious to see how this map's going to play out for for the ride. I mean, as long as you get to see. You know that common area from a new hope and the and the spaciousness you know and of course what we saw during um force awakens I would be okay with uh you know as long as I get to see the key things from the movies, I would be okay if you know obviously because of the ride. You go a different way to get into your actual ride capsule. Yeah. Well, the only the only other thing I could think of is if they kept if the ride is actually a separate thing from the actual Falcon. Could be too. Maybe maybe it's simulator training. Maybe. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe. Well, um, there's a ride. I mean, Disney does this also probably, but um, there's a ride here at Cedar Point that um was disaster transport is what they called it, and it was basically you were taking a um, space flight to Alaska from from Sandusky, Ohio, and the whole thing is inside of um they had basically enclosed the entire roller coaster inside of a building, and to get to the actual lo- where you uh, load in, you had to basically walk through this maze of um rooms and stuff inside the building. Right, and, and it's basically using up all the space that the roller coaster wasn't taking up to make, um, like a. They had an area that was a control room. They had an area that is, um, like loading of cargo and stuff. And then you move up to the launch area, so they may do something like that here, where you move. It's a giant warehouse. And it's basically you're, it looks like you're moving into a hangar. It, it, it kind of, uh, sound, it kind of, it's kind of similar to uh, Rock and Roller Coaster. Okay. Where you go through the movie studio, or not right, studio, right. recording studio. You you you're watching briefly Aerosmith talking to the audio engineer about mm-hmm. about some of the tracks as you're looking into uh, the recording room of the studio with all the gear set up and mic, you know, everything set for recording. And then they and then the manager comes in. What are you guys doing? We gotta get to the show. They go out the back door of the recording booth into the alley, which would never exist. <laughs> Point blank. Of disbelief. Yes. Exactly. But being being an audio engineer, I know for a fact that would not happen. <laughs> anyway, then you have Steven Tyler go, hey, we need to take them to, we can't leave them, them behind. Let's get them in a limo. Make it a super stretch, and then they're gone. Then you walk out the door into the alley. You see the limo, all the various limos. They load up. You, you strap in. Then it launches. Then the next limo shows up. And you just do it again. And the whole concept is you're riding through the – you're speeding through the highways of L.A. to get to the show. Oh, nice. So – and then you well, come out backstage at the theater – 
to the concert and everything, then you walk in and it's the gift shop. <laughs> so, yeah, they could well, definitely he, do something like that here and have it basically be inside of a hangar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the reason I think they might do something like that is um, because if you do the math, you got seven pods uh, running at three and a half minute cycles, uh, yep. which means the the attraction would have 840 riders per hour, which it says is about half of Pandora's flight of passage or a quarter of the amount of of a ride like Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. So that would make that would make some longer lines. Which... Yeah, so they're going to have entertainment for the people that are in line. Yeah, yeah and and if if you're going to go through the Falcon, I can't imagine them. Well, I guess they they could. They would make the whole Falcon just one big line queue. Yeah, definitely it'd be a queue line through the Falcon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, think... that's why I'm that's why I'm thinking it's probably going to pop up on screen or in a hollow um a hollow message of uh, of Chewy or Ray or somebody going before you. We need you. We need to see if you can handle the Falcon to bring it to us. Go get your crew and let's go over here and run the simulator or something. Hmm. So who, who knows? Well, to continue on um, <clears throat> again, going back to Hill, uh, he said initially uh, they wanted real interaction. They wanted, depending on which of the six seats you're you're occupying inside the Millennium Falcon, your actions directly impact what happens to the point where if you don't do your job and the Millennium Falcon crashes, the ride is over. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of interesting too. It sounds like you do you you don't just sit there and ride; you actually do stuff. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of cool. It, it kind of sounds like similar to what you have to do in Mission Space. Right, right, yeah. So then uh, Hill Hill talked a little bit about the problems Disney's having. And he said, if you know what you're doing, the rewritability of the original version of the Millennium Falcon experience was insane. You could have multiple rides with infinite outcomes. But the problem is they've been doing the playtesting in and around Glendale. They've been recruiting people to come in and... And they've been making a point of initially they were bringing groups of friends together. Then they were bringing in individuals who don't know one another. So it's not a question of if they could quickly build a team or assign roles or that sort of thing. What they're finding is it's frustrating people more than it's entertaining people. So that, that kind of makes sense in a way. If you get six seats that all kind of have to work together in this thing. Right. And you you wind up with, you know, five strangers. Yeah, but that, the way this sounds, though, it sounds like even if you know everyone, it could still, yeah, it, it, it's still frustrating people. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then uh, in regards to the frustrations of people, Hill said, uh, "This is not a happy moment." Uh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they are now having to retrofit after the fact. And the computing power that's involved in controlling this imagery is Pentagon-level stuff. Uh, mm, Indeed. Uh, The worry right now is they've delivered an amazing ride experience for 10% of the guests. And the other 90% are going to have, whether it's tech issues or they're going to be frustrated with the other people in the cabin who aren't holding up their end, there's some tweaking going on. So uh, they... They didn't really get into the tweaking, but uh, yeah, the thing is, 
there's only a few months left to figure out the the answers to these problems before they have to open. Yeah, sounds so. like they um, built a flight simulator when they needed a ride. Kind of, yeah. So uh, they're the saying two things. <laughs> yeah, they're saying that the constr- the construction team on the park wants to finish the park by the end of April for California, so that they yeah. so they have enough time to train the staff and get annual pass holders an early look before the grand opening next summer. Yeah, conveniently leave out cast previews as well. <clears throat> well, you know. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. I didn't write the thing. I just read it. So yeah, I can see I can see the issues they're having. It makes sense. But uh I don't know. It's still even with a bunch of strangers, you'd still be riding the Millennium Falcon, so that's still kinda cool. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be good stuff, I think. Yeah. I, yeah I definitely. Wanna, I wanna get a property of, of Mike. No last name, but just property of Mike. <laughs> And I want to stick it somewhere on the Falcon. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, some great news coming out of Disney. Um, can't wait to see it. Can't wait to have you guys down here and we do a whole Wookiee radio event. That'll be awesome. Still trying to figure out how possibly make that happen. <laughs> and then we all, of course, we get to see all our listeners wearing our new merchandise. Uh, we're still gonna have the tea, we're still gonna have the T Public Store for the specialty T-shirts like Porg. It's what's for dinner. That is a cool looking shirt too. But all our but all our logo stuff will be coming, or at least T-shirts and sweatshirts. Apparel-wise, all that's coming off T Public, so you'll still have your cases, laptop cases, the pillows, tapestries, and all that. It's just the apparel with the logos going to our new store. So, sorry about that, but we have new news on a new film coming. Yes. Well, this week uh, we've actually got a bunch of a couple of casting things and a couple other things um, items coming out of the set of episode nine. We know episode nine is filming, so you're going to get more and more of this coming. The first one came down from Variety that says, "From the Huni- the Hooniverse to Buckingham Bal- Palace to a galaxy far, far away." Sources tell Variety that the Crown star Matt Smith is joining Star Wars Episode Nine, which is currently in production in the UK. It's unknown at this time whether the Doctor Who alum will be on the side of the Rebels or the Evil Empire. But uh, not just from Variety, I guess Entertainment Weekly and um, The Hollywood Reporter have also been reporting this, and it's supposedly a key role in the film. So we don't know anything else about it. We just know that Matt Smith, and actually, he, I liked him on Doctor Who. I've not seen yes. him. Proud, so um, he's not my favorite Doctor, but he was, a, he was pretty good as a Doctor. Yeah, I feel the same way, and I'm pretty excited to see what role he's going to play. I kind of get, I kind of get the feeling it might be first order, but we'll see. Uh, could we potentially see Matt Smith as a certain guy in blue? Okay, let me rephrase: Ooh. a certain Wait, blue guy. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if that would be a good fit for him. I still don't see Thrawn being in this at all. Yeah, I kind of don't either. So, but the Hollywood Reporter has also been uh, um, reporting that 
Dominic Monaghan is rejoining director J.J. Abrams for episode nine. Now, in an undisclosed role. Uh, Deadline was also on this one. Uh, And I guess Monaghan actually worked with Abrams before on Lost. Yep. So, um, but it says, um, now anybody doesn't know, Dominic Monaghan, for me, the most famous role he's done was he was in the Lord of the Rings movies. Right. Yep. So um, he was, uh, yeah, Mary in the in the Lord of the Rings movies. So that's what I knew him mostly as. But I guess he is also in an undisclosed role in this. So and it, we know the way Abrams works. Sometimes it, it may be a very short role for him. <laughs> Abrams will get all of his buddies parts, but you'll you'll die in like a minute and a half. <laughs> Possibly. I'm very excited about this also because I love Dominic Monaghan. I loved him in Lord of the Rings. I loved him on Lost. Uh, he's always fun when you see him on interviews and stuff. And he is also a very huge Star Wars fan. So, yeah. he's you know, he's always wanted to do something in Star Wars. So mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. Well, uh, also in casting, it's pretty much just been confirmed. I, we don't have it written up here, but um we know that Greg Grunberg, it's been confirmed by his agency that he is actually returning to Star Wars as uh, Snap Wexley for Episode 9. So uh, yes. Yep. That was just a real quick one because it said that. Uh, the next one is actually casting, but this is they're looking for a, someone. Uh, now, episode I got a nine, chance. I got a chance. Well, they're looking mm. to cast. <laughs> they're looking for a role of someone 27 to 35. Sorry, Mike. Mm, sorry. And, I, could, I could pull it off. They're looking for a woman 30, 27 to 35. Codenamed Karina. I can pull it off. Okay, a little hairy for it, Mike. Oh, we can take care of that. She's a Wookiee, right? Yeah, true. (laughs) She's a Wookiee, right? I'm a sure win for this one. (laughs) Well, according to the character breakdown, it's a younger Charlize Theron with street smarts and a sharp wit. That was interesting. Yeah, a good sense of humor, solid comedic timing, and a strong voice. So it sounds like possibly the um, a female, uh, they let almost, that describes almost like a um, Princess Leia type character. Mm. With yeah. the strong wit, good comedic timing, all that type of stuff. It's interesting. It's a very interesting description. Yeah. Actually, it sounds like a female Han Solo, my said to me. Yeah. Yes, actually, yeah, it does. Maybe that you, we were talking about bounty hunters and smugglers and such. Um, and that actually goes into our next story here. The um, rumors. Now, this is uh, this is according to Express in the UK, which is a tabloid. Uh, they don't have a great track history for this, but this is an interesting idea. Um, their track record doesn't always great, but according to Express, some of the, some leaks have actually made it out of episode nine, and they say that um, since this is being filmed in the UK, that we may actually see Jabba the Hutt's relatives. But they're gonna. Um, but we're also gonna see the Hut Slayer making packs with the Star Wars underworld. Ooh. Now, anybody who read the um, the book Bloodlines by Claudia Gray knows that Princess Leia was actually known as the Hut Slayer by the Nikto and a lot of the underworld because she killed. She's the one who killed Jabba the Hut. So it looks, according to these guys, it says knowing that the Resistance numbers dwindled to a ship full of members in the Last Jedi. Fans expect Leia, Ray, and Poe and the others to gather more members to the cause. Early pictures taken from the set of Episode Nine show Finn, Poe, and Chewbacca going out in teams in a grassy planet to potentially make new allies. Now, word from word has it that Leia will try to make packs with the criminal underworld 
And that includes the huts. Now, um, the same leak was saying that the huts are to be involved, but will refuse at first, not wanting anything to do with the hut slayer. Now, th- obviously, there's no proof of this. This is a, just a speculation, but it would be an interesting way to go about on this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we got to take this with a large grain of salt, though, coming out of the Express, because I've looked at a lot of their stuff, they, um, rumors and stuff they've put out before, and they, their track record is the, they're less than 50% on theirs. So. Yeah. Well, it, but, it's, a, it's almost the same well, way with that character breakdown uh, the, for the new female character, this heroic Hollywood. I mean, that's a group started by El Mayimbe. Yeah. So, But everything coming out right now is coming on through the tabloid sites and stuff like this anyway. So right now, none of it is spoilers because it's all rumor. True, true, true. Rumors and speculation. But we we actually don't have rumors for the next story. We have actual facts. Yeah. For when I got the press release from uh, Lucasfilm Animation from their PR team, um, I was so excited for this. I'm like, I cannot wait till we talk about this on Friday. Um, a new announcement came out about a featurette talking about Team Fireball. You're like, uh, who's Team Fireball? Well, if you've seen the featurette, you know. Um, of course, we know this fall in roughly a month and a, a month and a, in three days, four days, something like that. Um, Star Wars Resistance debuts on the Disney Channel first at 10 p.m. Well, in the series, Resistance fighter Poe Dameron tasks young pilot Kazuda Ziono was spying on the First Order. At the time, little known was little was known about the secretive organization and its strength. In order to fill, fulfill his mission, Kaz travels to the space station Colossus, which is being used by many ships as a port to refill and do repairs. However, there are dangerous races taking place there as well. After Kaz bragged with his piloting skills at his arrival, he was soon drawn into one of the races. So it's kind of almost like team pod racing, but with yeah, like kind of, but with ships. So a lot more Basically, stability, yeah. <laughs> a lot more stability. Uh, yeah. The series stars Christopher Sean uh, from Days of Our Lives, Susie McGrath from EastEnders, Scott Lawrence from Legion, also from oh, what else was he in? I know from something else. I will tell you in a moment. Let me see if I can see what um, he has up here. Mirna Velasco from Elena of Avalon, uh, which is a Disney connection. Josh Bernier from Silicon Valley. Donald Faison from Scrubs. Uh, Rachel Butera from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Bobby Moynihan from Saturday Night Live. And Jim Rash from Community. Uh, one of the big takeaways from the video is that the series has resistance in the title. The events of the series don't tie as a direct, directly into the narrative induced in or introduced in The Force Awakens. Um, Oscar Isaac will be voicing Poe. Gwendolyn Christie will be voicing Phasma uh, through tangential connection to the resistance. Uh, will likely result in Star Wars Resistance having lower stakes adventures for for the series' younger audience. Um, earlier this month, a fan uncovered a timeline for the series, uh, which is yet to be revealed, uh, buried in the metadata 
for Star on StarWars.com was the information set about six months before The Force Awakens. They actually confirmed that in the other video that came out this week, uh, the actual cast breakdown video. I have not seen that video yet. Uh, that one's on YouTube. It came out, I think, uh, yesterday or Wednesday. Huh. That's what the other story here is all about. I, well, that- uh, of course, Kaz is a young pilot recruited by the Resistance, tasked with the top secret mission to spy on the growing threat of the First Order. While it might be only six months before Force Awakens, we could assume the First Order wasn't nearly as imposing of a threat to the galaxy as we saw in the film, with this new series possibly hinting at how the organization gained more power through the reign of terror. Now, to continue on, uh, new Star Wars Resistance entries are now added to the StarWars.com databank. Um, While there have been quite a bit of news pertaining to Resistance being released from Lucasfilm recently, uh, there was an official premiere date in the teaser trailer, which we got, uh, a list of the voice actors, which we've covered, their associated characters, oh, voice actors and their associated characters. I read that totally wrong. Um, <laughs> a look at the official poster, um, a recent update on the characters that make up Team Fireball. Um, and as we say over on Weeby Geeks, want more or want to know more? Uh, of course you do. Lucasfilm has updated their StarWars.com databank with new Resistance character entries. Um, and they supplied a source link for more on the series, led on the series lead hero, Kaz, as well as Niku Vozu, Tam Rivora, Jarek Yeager, and the droid Bucket. So, Yeah, and if you get a chance, um, anybody go out and check out YouTube. I know you guys haven't had a chance to see it, but they actually have a full a character breakdown. It's probably like a three or four minute video that um, basically just goes down through each of these characters that they're saying yeah. here. Yeah, that's the that's the Team Fireball promo that came out earlier this week. Okay. So, um, But that one confirms the six months before Force Awakens also. Okay. Speaking of bucketheads. Well, as I'm sure many, many, many Star Wars fans will say, their favorite... Uh, cannon fodder in the Star Wars movies has always been the Stormtrooper. And so, in a new fan film coming out by Transmute Pictures, uh, a fan film called Bucketheads, a Star Wars story, is going to be released about the beloved Stormtroopers. Uh, So... They're everywhere, of course, in in the Star Wars movies. But how much do we really know about the the stormtroopers? The uh, AKA, AKA the bucketheads. Ah, although there's a theory that maybe they can shoot straight, and they just they're just told not to. <laughs> but um, other than that, they're little more than cannon fodder that constantly miss their targets. Uh, but in reality, the soldiers of the Empire are much more than that. So, of course, Bucketheads, a film by Transmute Media, takes a look at the life of a stormtrooper during the Galactic Civil War. The movie even has Mark Meir, who is the voice of the male version of Commander Shepard in Mass Effect. Uh, and the official tagline of the movie is, Every side has a story worth telling, 
Bucketheads is an independent Star Wars short film about a squad of stormtroopers caught behind enemy lines. Discover the story of Nova Squad on December 8th, right here on the Transmute Pictures YouTube channel. Uh, so there's a trailer out for, for the movie that I found on geeksaresexy.com. Uh, you can probably find it on YouTube. And uh, the short film is going to be aired this weekend at Dragon Con. And then it will release online on December 8th, uh, as I said, on the Transmute Pictures YouTube channel. And if you go to the Transmute Pictures website, uh, they also have uh, a little shop where you can buy a couple of things. Like there's a couple of Buckethead's movie posters. There's a Nova Squad challenge coin. And a Nova Squad patch that you can buy. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So that's a, the tra- the trailer looked interesting. Very well done, I must say. Oh, cool. Well, maybe, hopefully, there'll be, after this airing at Dragon Con, maybe there'll be some smuggling of it out so oh, people can see. Clever. Well, yeah, they'll probably. Well, they said they'd re- have it on their website too, so didn't they? Yeah, on their YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, so you can check it as soon as probably after they premiere it. Would it be on Amazon? Mm, I, don't, I don't think I'll, so. I don't know. Probably not. Is there something else on Amazon? Oh yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wait, said. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, I, I, I was oh, s- setting them up, setting them I know. up. And I was excited about this one, too. I'm excited because <laughs> as of October, the Smuggler's Bounty subscription boxes, well, we know that they're no longer subscription boxes for um, for Funko, but now they, were, they are going to be available on Amazon for $29.99. Now, I had a subscription for the original subscription box all the way through. I think I'm missing one of the boxes. I need to go back to the website and find out. But they have awesome stuff that came in it. Um, I have actually a pop vinyl of Poe in his X-Wing. I have Luke in his land speeder. All this came from the Smuggler's Bounty boxes that you got one at a time. A lot of exclusive Funko Pops you could only get that way. Yeah. And they also came with patches and T-shirts and all kinds of fun stuff. Well, this says, take a walk in the cloud in the clouds in a galaxy far, far away with Lando, Han, Chewie, Leia, and C-3PO. But beware Imperial fleets that might lurk nearby. Amazon's first Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty box is inspired by the, the out-of-this-world floating city of The Empire Strikes Back. So this is a Cloud City box is the first one they're doing. Now, it says fun in every box. The box content- contents change with every theme and may not include a t-shirt. You get three to six collectibles per box, including an exclusive pop vinyl, different Star Wars characters featured in every bi-monthly box, thoughtfully curated boxes by fans for fans, and you're limited to three boxes per customer. Now it says, note t-shirts not included in the t-shirt, not included in the cloud city theme box, but we'll need your size for future boxes. So it looks like they're going to set this up so you can do this as a subscription through Amazon now. Oh, that's cool. For future boxes, that means they're going to be recording it or something. Nice. It's going to be fun. I, like I said, I've not been disappointed with the Smuggler's Bounty box uh, ever, I don't think. Um, 
I, for a while I had loot crate when it was first coming out and it's just loot crate was hit or miss. You never know if it's going to be something I actually wanted. Right. Right. Or like one or two of the things in it, but there was the rest of it was like, eh. but Smuggler's bounty, there's not been anything in it that I did. It wasn't like, Oh, that's awesome. So look, I'm looking forward to this. That's That's actually coming out in two months. And then it's every, every two months. Also nice thing is this was also a bi-monthly box when it was a regular subscription through Funko. So now it's still $30 for every two months is not bad. That's if you break it down into a yearly subscription, that's 15 bucks a month, which is awesome for something like this. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And you definitely get your $30 worth of stuff and being through Amazon, you probably get free shipping. Uh, oh yeah. They probably have it on prime. I wonder what, what the, uh, the pop will be. Ooh. I don't know. Probably Lando of some sort. Cause I've not seen a whole lot of Lando's out there much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, New York Comic Con, uh, the panel list is coming September 5th. That's this coming Wednesday. Uh, of course, Repop is going to reveal their list of panels at New York Comic Con, uh, for New York Comic Con. Um, and if, now, and of course, that wait's almost over. I mean, it's Labor Day weekend. Um, so chances are there's probably going to be some Star Wars stuff related, which is going to be cool. And uh, I know we're excited for that. Uh, thought I had another story. I'll get one. New York Comic Con is basically the second biggest show out there behind San Diego. So, and uh, I, you know, we're I would I would say third. I I would put C two E two. Well, bigger than so, New York Comic Con? More than New York? I think so. Really? Wow. I don't know. I, I say New York's the one I always think of. Yeah, uh, it's probably up to debate. But being that Resistance is being uh, premiered right after the right around this time, I'm sure we'll get at least one Resistance panel. Uh, we may finally get some more. Oh, yeah. uh, some more Clone Wars information yeah. for the new season, and they, they they may be ready. I don't know since they Disney did not do anything at Comic Con, they may put some official Star Wars panels in here, some more ones um, on maybe like an Episode Nine or a teaser on something for uh, maybe Favreau series or something. Yeah, mm, maybe yeah. Well, speaking of conventions as well, Fan Expo Canada is happening this weekend. So is Dragon Con. So is PAX West. Um, but coming out of Fan Expo Canada, Hasbro has revealed two forthcoming figures from the Black Series and Vintage Collection. In the Black Series is a Drayden Voss six-inch fig. It's going to be available <laughs> early 2019. And for the Vintage Collection, uh, Phasma. These things hmm. look great. Uh, check out uh, our friends over at Fanta Tracks for, for that story to see the pictures. And then on top of that, our good friend Mark Newbold writes over on Fanta Tracks that Dave Batista tried out for previous Star Wars films. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So uh, Dave, Big Dave revealed that he has auditioned for Star Wars in the past. Uh for his quote, I've actually auditioned for a couple Star Wars, and they've turned me down. It's always a dream of mine to be in a Star Wars film. Uh, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of the latest installments. I particularly loved Rogue One. I thought it was a really great film, and I loved that they went a little bit dark with it. I thought it was interesting. 
You know, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe episode nine still go a little dark before it lightens up. Or the big oh, definitely, yeah. And, and I'm okay with Star Wars getting a little dark. Mm. I mean, yeah, you can't stay there though. It's being with it right. being Star Wars, right? Right, yeah. So, um, but uh, I think we do have a few more quick stories. Uh, I think Derek, yours, yours is next. Yes. Well, uh, everybody knows, of course, that it's tough to be the... a cat. Yes. Sure. Uh, but also that uh, James Earl Jones was the voice of Darth Vader, of course. But any Star Wars fan will tell you that the man inside the suit was actor David Prowse, uh, who was Darth Vader in the original trilogy. And uh, Prowse is currently 83 years old. He's a former bodybuilder. And... Uh, he uh, he has decided to retire from doing autographs due to health issues. Oh, well, that, that's, uh, and then, that's two now. Mm, yes. Uh, last week we learned about, not last week, but the week before we learned about Jeremy, Jeremy Bullock. Bullock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, we do, now I don't, David Prowse. I don't think it's because of health reasons, but. No. But this case. Um, so there was an announcement, an announcement put out by Prowse's agency, Alliance Agents, on their official Facebook page in which they said, Dave's family have decided that due to his ongoing health issues, all private home signings will now come to an end. There will be no further bookings made. They ask that the autograph community respect their decision and their privacy and do not call them at home. Uh of course, Prowse had been ex- accepting requests for 40 years, and they said that doing so has turned into a difficult task. Uh, and they, they've asked that fans cease from begging for meetings as he has no intention of going against the wishes of David and his family. Uh, oh, that was the agent named Julian. Uh, it looks like Prowse has been suffering for, from arthritis for several years, and in 2016, he retired from public appearances but continued to accept private meetings at home. Okay. So there you go. looks like arthritis has taken its toll on Mr. Prowse, unfortunately, and uh, we are sorry to hear that, and we hope he will be yeah. okay as best as he can be. Yeah. So, and I'm going to say, Ken, wrap us up. Okay, well, it's the rumors and speculation are out there then supposedly that Disney has uh, shelved everything other than episode nine right now. Well, on Twitter, Ryan Johnson was asked, well, what does that mean for his trilogy of movies that we know were supposed to be coming? Well, according to Ryan Johnson, the question from um, at Nomad Knight 217 asked Ryan Johnson, are you still working on your, in your Star Wars trilogy? Ryan Johnson has a um, just answered with, yep. So it looks like as of right, he is still developing his, the trilogy movies. So that's I mean, that, that's that's just a matter of sitting with a keyboard as far as I can tell and writing scripts and stuff right now. So it's not like they're actively the studio is not actively working on it. It looks possibly right now, unless perhaps he is. I'm sure the fanboys will be happy to hear that. Yeah. See, like we said at the time, it's like I didn't have a major problem with The Last Jedi. I can see where people did. Yeah. And it was totally that I expected. 
but it's still Star Wars. And also, they took it way too far with their, their you know, what they did to, to Kelly Tran and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, the fans, yes. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. See, and who's to say what Ryan Johnson did wasn't already in the plans or the outline for what was going to happen with the series? Right, yeah. I mean, because Abrams was still involved. I'm sure it was known that Abrams was going to be coming back after the initial guy was fired. And that decision was probably made before not you know episode eight was finished or still filming so they just didn't say anything to prevent um more craziness but you know like the whole thing with ren and ray about her parents who's to say he wasn't messing with her big time exactly and that's what we're getting maybe we do find out who's raised who ray's parents are in this film no one ever said we were getting a definite answer for Last Jedi of who's Ray, yeah. who who was Ray's parents. Right. Or you got the other option of perhaps they um, what they saw was correct. Though her parents were drunks, but they didn't start that way. True. Sure. They maybe. may have been Jedi at some point, and while they were hiding, they did they fell into you know. Maybe they had to babysit Kylo Ren at one point and, <laughs> and saw that Without he driving. was and he was a handful, and that drove him to drink. Maybe, and, and I'm not saying, but maybe that's why Kylo knows who they are. <laughs> True. So yeah, it's uh, it'd be curious to see where we go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, do we have anything else? Because I I know we we've got some time left. I think that's all the ones that I saw. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I thought maybe we could. Well, you know, let's go to StarWars.com themselves. See if there's something else we missed that could be talked about. Okay. Uh, I'm checking. We've got Team Fireball there. Uh, of course, go check out the new um, Star Wars show that's got, uh, of course, John Cho steps in as a guest to talk. Um, I, I don't. Well, school across the country officially starts this week. All kids will be in school. I know my daughter started early, like August 13th. Wow. Um, A lot of schools in the South started then. A lot of schools start after Labor Day. So here's a cool article from StarWars.com. Five back-to-school tips we learned from Star Wars. Uh, Number one, number one, start establishing a routine. Um, Of course, the quote from this is, I've seen your daily routine. You're not busy. This comes from Ray. Um, now, granted, for many schools already begun, but it's still good to get into a routine. And that's what we've been trying to help Zoe with, is get into that routine. Um, two, gather all necessary supplies. You know, it's the time that my wife and daughter like. School supplies. So, yeah, they get all their supplies. Uh, and, of course, the quote is, what's in there? Only what you take with you. Luke Skywalker and Yoda from Empire Strikes Back. 
Uh, number three, get ready to make new friends and greet old colleagues. Look around, we're one and the same. Same heart, same blood, says Fives. Fives was, was a great clone. Uh, I, I kind of wish he almost carried over into uh, Rebels, but of course, we see him die during season five, I believe, right? I don't remember where we or, lost five. Yeah, it's, it's hard to remember now. Or, or, I think or, it was maybe during season six. Or, or was Fives involved in the whole bad chip in the head thing that we get in the Lost Missions? Actually, isn't he the one that the chip did go bad in? No. I think he's the one who acknowledged that there was the chip. Now i got to go back and rewatch those. <laughs> I know, right? Um, start dialing back after after school distractions. Of course, Gwagon Jim's quote, always remember your focus determines your reality. So basically, you know, take a chill. Summer, you're able to load up, load up, load up. Now you got to make your extracurricular activities a little more manageable. So it's okay to wait and watch Star Wars-related content on the weekend. It's going to be there. Make that your reward for having such a great week. So do good. Watch as much Star Wars as you can. If you slipped in the grades, hey, maybe one or two, because you got to get back focusing again. So, uh, and then finally, prepare for the unexpected. Always in motion, the future is the future, says Yoda. Now, so always be prepared for that sudden quiz, um, the the sudden um, change in plans because, oh, the weather's gotten bad, so you can't go outside for something. Um just be ready and be prepared for whatever whatever changes are coming. And, and, you know, as I tell my daughter, don't rush. Stay focused and everything will be fine. You'll, you'll cruise through. Now, I say that to my daughter all the time, and she tells me that this week she got four 100s on quizzes this week, which is awesome. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, any final thoughts? I know we kind of turned our final thoughts into stories because we needed to kill time, but any other final thoughts? Mm. That's all I think I have right now. Yeah, me too. I think that's all I got as well. So, again, keep an eye out on social media. I'll have the link for the store. Hit us up, wookieradio.net. Um, email us at wookie at net if you have any questions or comments that you want to hear us talk about on the show. Uh, follow us on social media at Wookie Radio. Second Instagram account is at Wookie underscore radio. Um, I don't think there's anything else, is there? I think that's it. Nope. I haven't seen anything else. Actually, there's one more thing. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs> The Death Star plans are not in the main computer.